Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We live in a society where race trumps merit. American companies are more interested in meeting diversity quotas than hiring the best and the most talented people. So how soon will it be until we have surgeons who don't know how to operate, pilots who can't fly, and what are the dangers of it all? New York Times bestselling author Heather McDonald joins me to talk about her new book, When Race Trumps Merit. Here's Heather. Heather, I always love having you on the show. Uh, You're always willing to have conversations that everyone else is afraid of, but the conversations you're willing to have are the ones we need to have. So I I appreciate what you do. And also, I'm excited to talk to you about this new book, When Race Trumps Merit. Lisa, it's such a pleasure to be with you. And uh, you're one of the great interviewers out there. So thank you for having me on. Well, that is very kind coming from you. So I I really appreciate it. You know, so your book talks about uh, disparate impact theory. You know, What is it? What should people know about it? Well, what they should know is that every major institution of American or Western civilization is now in the crosshairs. It's all coming down unless we have a better explanation for racial disparities than racism. Uh, Right now, the left controls the discourse. And if there's any institution that has anything less than 13 percent black representation in it, so if Google's engineering force is not 13% black, or an elite law firm doesn't have 13% black partners, the only allowable explanation at present is racism. And when that holds, the left wins. It is all coming down. Disparate impact is the idea that any kind of meritocratic standard that has a negative effect on preferred uh, favorite victim groups is by definition racist. So we saw disparate impact working decades ago. It began overwhelmingly in sort of blue collar jobs where if a written exam to become a police officer or a firefighter 
if, the, if blacks were not passing the exam at the same rate as whites, and this exam is completely colorblind, Lisa. It's objective. It's not graded by some racist cop. It's graded by a computer. And and these exams would, would be at a very low level of, of, you know, elementary school reading skills and math skills. But in order to test, can a potential policeman read the patrol guide or can a potential fireman understand uh, the chemical instructions on using different chemicals to fight fires. If blacks were not passing that that test at an equal rate, then the test has to throw out, be thrown out. The idea is the test has a disparate impact. Bad, bad test. We're going to blame the test. And now we're doing the same thing. We're getting rid of SATs. We're getting rid of law school admissions tests. There's a big pressure on to get rid of the medical college admission test. We're getting rid of grading in, in medical licensing exams because blacks don't do as well. So disparate impact is being used to take down every meritocratic standard. And it also explains, if, you, if you're looking around your world for the last two, three years since George Floyd, and you're saying, my God, what's going on with the criminal justice system? Why aren't these prosecutors prosecuting theft and shoplifting and resisting arrest and disorderly conduct and gun possession and drug possession? Why are they throwing out all these cases and just saying, go free? Disparate impact, another, that's the reason, again, because it turns out that if you enforce the criminal law, in a colorblind, neutral, constitutional manner, you will have a negative disparate effect on black criminals. And we have decided as a society that we would rather not enforce the law and allow criminals back on the street to prey overwhelmingly on minority victims than to enforce the law in a legal manner and have a disparate impact and have a disproportionate number of blacks in prison. What drove this? Or, or, or when did you start seeing it take hold of, of our society? Well, I've been watching the attack on merit and the idea that any kind of standard is racist for decades, but things really got insane. They got at a sort of psychotic breakdown with George Floyd. Um, and that's when you had every single important institution in this country, whether it's the institution of science, of medicine, the arts, music, uh, theater, basic functions of government, all standing up and saying, we are by definition racist uh, because we have too many whites in our organization. The history of art is racist because European art is predominantly white. Well, guess what? That's what the demographics were. There was not discrimination going on against black classical music composers in the 18th century because there were none. But right now, uh, all you need to do to take down an institution or an individual is to say it's too white. The New York Times will, will routinely, if it wants to discredit a judge or a prosecutor or a police officer, it will say a white judge. Here's a rule of thumb. If the race of a criminal is not identified, it's a black criminal. Because if it's a white criminal, 
The New York Times and CNN will tell you it's a white criminal. Uh, to be white today is to be at the bottom. To be a white male, a straight white male, is to be at the absolute bottom of the totem pole. The reality today is not white privilege, it's black privilege. If there's a privilege, it's family privilege. But if you want to get your child into a selective school, uh, hope that he is a underrepresented minority. And if he's if he's a white male, you can kind of forget about it. I mean, how hard would it be for a, a white male to get into college these days? It's very hard. I mean, I got a friend sent me uh, a notice he'd gotten from a friend. My friend teaches criminology at a military academy about his daughter who has perfect SATs, you know, 1600 SATs, perfect national merit scholar, you know, A plus on every single AP course under the sun, honor societies, athlete. She's been waitlisted at every school she applied to because she's white. Being female doesn't even get her over the bar. Uh, and meanwhile, every school, every single selective college employs vast racial preferences. It admits black and Hispanic students with SAT scores and GPAs that are so low that they would be automatically disqualifying if presented by whites and Asians. Uh, but they're brought in, and, and they're the, these racial preferences do their beneficiaries, alleged beneficiaries, no good whatsoever. You're putting students up to fail if you're if you're catapulting them into a college for which they're not competitively prepared black students should go to college on the same terms as everybody else which is with peers that share their academic qualifications it's cruel to put somebody if mit admitted me with 600s on my SA, math sats and all my peers had 800 in other words a perfect score on the math sats and, and MIT said, oh, we have to have more females. We need more gender diversity. So it brings me in. What's going to happen to me my first year? I'm going to fail calculus because the teaching is pitched to my peers who had 800s. They had perfect math scores. Well, that's what happens to black students that are admitted to selective colleges. They end up switching out of STEM majors. They end up at the bottom of their class. The law school data is utterly horrific. Black law students, you know, the vast majority end up at the bottom 10th of their classes. This is after neutral, colorblind, objective, uh, non-human graded tests. Um, so we are watering down the caliber of our institutions. Medical schools are admitting students on the basis of race, not merit. They're promoting doctors on the basis of race, not merit. Same is happening in engineering schools. We are playing with fire, Lisa. Well, I, I'm awful at math, so you know, God help MIT if they admitted me. So, and then every and every teacher <laughs> and every teacher I, I would come across, so it would be uh, it would be a headache for all involved. So. Yeah, but but these days, you know, you cannot be sure that you're not going to be chosen to head some mathematics council because you're a female. I mean, that's what's going on. Math, you know, the the American Association of Math. Uh, society is, is always saying, oh, we're racist and we're sexist. And so, I mean, I've been chosen. I, I was asked to be on some Fox Nation program on interest rates. And I said, what? I didn't know anything about interest rates. I said, am I a gender quota for you guys? And they basically said, yes. 
So it happens constantly. Let's take a quick commercial break. More with Heather McDonald about when race trumps merit. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I mean, of course, there's an impact to tell all of this, right? I mean, we're talking about a, a lot of jobs like the a medical profession or, or, or engineering. I mean, so if you look at these professions where competency is critical to preserving life, <laughs> what impact does this have if we're leading people to positions who aren't qualified? It's going to eventually put lives at risk for sure. What's happening right now is it's slowing down research. You have the, the federal science agencies that are telling labs you should hire, if you're an Alzheimer's lab, you should not hire the most qualified scientists if they're white and, and Asian. You should hire on the basis of diversity. Well, given the academic skills gaps, and you know, this is what, what I do here is actually give readers the data about why it is that diversity is at this point incompatible with meritocracy. You can have diversity or you can have meritocracy. You cannot have both. Here's the, here's the facts, Lisa. Uh, 66% of black 12th graders do not even possess partial mastery of 12th grade math skills. What's, what's a 12th grade math skill? Being able to do an arithmetical calculation or being able to recognize a linear function on a graph. 66% of black 12th graders cannot even do partially arithmetical calculations. Only 7% of black 12th graders are competent in those skills. In other words, they can perform them. And the number who are advanced is so small to not even show up statistically. This is based on the National Association, National Assessment 
of education progress. So it's got tens of thousands of students taking these exams. So, but we have decided, even though there, we've got these massive academic skills gaps, that the only allowable explanation for the lack of 13% black physicists at MIT or Harvard or Caltech or 13% or black cancer researchers at the University of Pennsylvania or, or Mass General is racism. No, it's not. The reason is the academic skills gap. But we have the federal agencies now, the National Institutes of Health, National Science Foundation, telling labs you must have proportional representation in your lab or you ain't getting any more federal money. So we have decided that diversity is more important than medical progress, curing cancer or curing Alzheimer's disease. You talk in your book, you write, the reality remains that a dysfunctional inner city culture is hindering black progress. You just talked about the skills gap that is happening. You had mentioned some of those scores where, you know, unfortunately, black students are, are being left behind. So what do we do about that? You know, talk a little bit about this dysfunctional inner city culture and what we can do to, to help, you know, where, where a zip code, for instance, doesn't determine a, a child's future. You know what? I'm going to be really, really stark and bleak here. There's what we can do is less the culture has to heal itself. There has to be an emphasis on academic achievement. You have this pervasive view that to study hard, to care about your studies and, and exams is acting white. So black students who do take their homework home and do it and are not truant, they're criticized for acting white. There's nothing that the, anybody else can do to fix that. The students have to study. There's, you can't come from the outside and, and put that knowledge into students' heads. Parents have to take responsibility for their children. If, if every black family acted like an Asian family with regards to academic achievement and effort, and after 10 or 15 years, we still saw racial disparities. Then I'm going to contemplate that it may be systemic racism. But right now, when the behavioral disparities are so great, when the behavior that you see in inner city classrooms is so counterproductive, the reason that, that black kids are disciplined more, it's not teacher racism as Barack Obama claimed and as Joe Biden claimed, it's because they are acting out more. Black teenagers, males between the ages of 14 and 17, commit gun homicide at least at 10 times the rate of white and Hispanic male teens in those ages combined, at least. And, and, we, and then we think that, well, if those same teens that are gangbanging we, we expect that they're being docile and obedient in classroom, and the only reason that explains the higher discipline rate is teacher racism. It's preposterous. No. I've seen these classrooms. They are chaotic. And then the teachers are told you can't impose discipline because that has a disparate impact, another key disparate impact theme. You can't impose expulsions or suspensions because it has a disparate impact on unruly black students. So. The first thing that has to happen is a cultural change. 
yes, there's things that the rest of society have been trying for years, whether it's the conservative uh, recipes of vouchers and charter schools. I would say schools should be relentlessly insistent on complete self-control, no excuses for bad behavior, no excuses for, for, you know, just ignoring exams for being truant. The left would say we need more spending. That's quite questionable, <laughs> given that many inner city schools on a per capita basis are funded at much higher rates than any other schools. The money is not the problem. The problem is the, the lack of a culture of academic achievement. So do you think, and, and you sort of break, you just laying out the, the breakdown that's happening in schools. So do you think, you know, obviously many of those us, of those us on the right, you know, support school choice. So do you think that would have an impact? I mean, I agree with you that parents are the most important thing in a child's life, but, you know, would school choice help? Well, I think the data is kind of mixed. Uh, I'm, I'm betraying my conservative policy want colleagues here. Uh, but certainly every parent that does want a stricter environment for uh, his child should have that option. Uh, but it's not always clear, you know, that uh, that inner city voters are voting for politicians that are promising these. I mean, I, I think we've got a little bit of a whitewash going on. We saw this as well with crime, with the Chicago neighborhoods that had the highest crime rates were the, also ones that voted most for the anti-police mayoral candidate, Brandon Johnson, in the recent Chicago mayoral election runoff, putting a somebody who believes that the police are racist in, in the mayoralty. This is a total disaster. Um, so, yes, it would help, but I, I think that the real problem, again, is culture, and you've got to have black leaders getting up there and saying, don't use the excuse of racism. You have efficacy. You have power. You have agency. And I, I am a supporter of what used to be called the no excuses uh, charter schools. And, you know, they've gone left as well. The, the insanity of this, you know, race trumping merit idea has, has even poisoned some of the best charter school networks like KIPP. This is an acronym K-I-P-P that was founded by these two white civil rights activists. And it had, it was one of these no excuses schools that every, everything a child did basically during the day was scripted. They had to, the students have to walk in line. The teachers go, have a very uh, strictly regulated way of teaching. And they're basically trying to inculcate the self-control and deferred gratification that these kids are not getting at home in these chaotic inner city homes and to give them the ability to have the, the virtues, the bourgeois virtues of self-control that will allow them to hold a job. So Kip was a good leader in this. Well, after George Floyd, they desired, decided to retire their motto, which was work hard, be nice, because they thought that embodied white supremacist values. So another example of a an institution that would rather flagellate itself for phantom racism. This KIPP was not a racist institution. It was founded on the hope of racial equality. And yet all of white America melted down 
and decided that it was the problem and that it would not have any expectations of, of good law-abiding, uh, you know, self-disciplined behavior on the part of blacks. That's concerning uh, to hear. You know, and it's always interesting to get different perspectives uh, on the issue because that's how you learn, you know, getting different opinions and, and you know, kind of just having those conversations. You had mentioned Obama and Biden, you know, two people who are really intentionally trying to drive racial divisions in, in the country. You know, what what do they get from that? You know, what do they get from, from driving this, this equity stuff? Self-respect, self-love, you know, they, they view themselves as superior to these Yahoo MAGA hat wearing red state Americans. Um, and so it's just an incredible infusion of virtue. They feel, you know, the biggest uh, virtue in America today is to be anti-racist. Uh, nothing else really matters. You know, being a good parent, raising law-abiding children, staying married, uh, accomplishing, you know, what learning to the utmost of your capacity that doesn't really get rewarded, but but being anti-racist does. So they get uh, acclaim and plaudits from the mainstream media and from academia. Uh, but it is they are parasites on a civilization that did value excellence and that believed that human beings should not be limited uh, by by the trivialities of, of identity. Now, I am not going to paper over America's horrible history. It's, it's just sickening hypocrisy, the, the, the centuries of gratuitous cruelty towards blacks. I mean, one, one wonders, you know, who were these Southerners? They were absolutely insane in their hatreds and, and nastiness. And a lot of the North was for very long as well. So that is a reality, and it undercuts any facile conservative narrative about America being founded on equality. It was not. We were a white supremacist state. I am perfectly willing to acknowledge that, and it breaks my heart for our treatment of blacks for so long. But I can also say that that is not our reality today. It is not. There is not a single mainstream institution that is not twisting itself into knots to hire and promote as many blacks as possible. They are not facing discrimination from a single mainstream institution. Uh, and, and to continue making that as the, as the predominant explanation means that we will continue tearing down our civilizational meritocratic standards for disparate impact when the problem is not the standards, we have to stop tearing down the standards because, as you say, Lisa, it's going to put it's going to put lives at risk when we are qualifying incompetent doctors, when we're putting incompetent pilots in cockpits, when we're having bridges built by people who were preference beneficiaries, and we are also destroying the greatest works of art. We are teaching young people to see the traditions of music and art and theater through the trivializing lens of, of race and sex oppression 
a, a lens that in almost all cases is completely irrelevant. Quick commercial break. More with Heather on her new book, When Race Trumps Merit. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong Strong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You know, what also scares me, because you, you look at some of these airlines, too, who are saying that, you know, they, 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 they're going to focus on, you know, diversity in, in the hiring. You know, we're going to meet this 50% quota of the 5,000 pilots it, it trains, or the company trains in the next decade or whatever to be women or, or color when I think most people are like, I just want to get home safely. <laughs> you know, I fly a lot. And so that's a concern of mine as well of these airlines hiring people on the basis of meeting quotas as opposed to just hiring people who can get me safely to point A to point B. Um, you know, the left has moved from equality to equity. You know, talk about that transition. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've had any sort of common sense idea of equality. I think certainly the the great civil rights heroes of the 1950s, 1940s, they were thinking in terms of equality and wanted to remove the horrific strictures that blacks were facing in both the South and the North. But even in the 60s, with the Civil Rights Act, 
there were already little glimmers that this was going to morph very quickly into quotas and um, looking at equality of outcomes. And the problem with that is if the only reason anybody talks about this is because of the racial skills gaps and the crime gaps. If those gaps didn't exist, we wouldn't have this problem. And yet we, we've got these solutions that mean that we can't even look at those gaps. So the only reason we have all these colleges talking about diversity is because if they, if they admitted students on a colorblind basis, on the basis of academic preparation, it they wouldn't be, uh, in, in certain instances, but it's, this gets complicated because you'd have a cascading effect. Eventually, you'd have the same, you would have the same number of blacks going to college. Blacks should go to college. They just shouldn't go to colleges that they're not prepared for. They should go to, like, like if you're a, a, a white male and you're admitted to Boston College, you're going to be prepared for Boston College, you know, if, if they even deign to let you in. If you have those same qualifications and you're black male, you'll be admitted to Harvard. But you're not prepared for Harvard, but you are prepared for Boston College. So go to Boston College. It's not the end of the world. You know, the elitism in this discourse. So anyway, it became very quickly not about equality. It became about outcomes and lowering standards, double standards everywhere. And uh, as I say, it's we are playing with fire. And we need to have an alternative explanation. As I say, the only explanation now, all the New York Times needs to do is look at this law firm or that bank or this cancer lab or, or that engineering department or architectural firm and do the counting and the bean counting. And if it's not racially proportionate, racist lab, no, it, it is impossible to be proportionally diverse and meritocratic at the same time. You can't have both because of the skills gaps and you've got to know this data and we have to be prepared to start fighting back against the left's discourse because we are losing things very fast, Lisa. Well, and we're losing the country, you know, I mean, equity, of course, is, is a race to the bottom and all those different institutions uh, you had mentioned and, and uh, you know, these professions that you had mentioned, uh, they're going to decrease in, in their ability to function. And as a society, we're, we're going to decrease our ability to function on just a basic level. And I think we're really already seeing it uh, really over these past couple of years of how quickly things can take a downward a turn, and you know, and a lot of this conversation, you would think that okay, it's common sense. Let's just hire the best people. Let's hire you know people on a meritocracy. But somehow we don't function anymore on what makes sense as a society. So I guess when did we lose our ability to reason? Why did we lose it? Is it is it social media or, or what has led us to this point today where we no longer? We no longer rely on, you know, common sense and reason in, in making determinations. Well, I think a lot in our world today, it's all about race and whites are very guilty. I mean, Shelby Steele was writing about this long ago of this dysfunctional codependent relationship between white guilt and black victimhood. And um, nobody wants to. They're terrified that the racial skills gaps are not going to close and they don't want 
So the only allowable explanation for that, whites sort of preemptively say, okay, it's got to be racism, got to be racism. Uh, and so that's, that's our problem is we, we turn our eyes away from something that is very ugly, which is this inner city culture. You know, right now, black juveniles are dying of gun homicide at 100 times the rate of whites. That's a civil rights problem. It's not one that the activists want to talk about because the reason that black juveniles are getting killed in gun homicide at 100 times the rate is because they're committing gun homicide in the, as juveniles at that rate. This is post-George Floyd. I gave you before the 10-time number. Post-George Floyd, things have gotten even worse. Uh, the, these drive-by shootings are absolutely barbaric. You have these teens spraying bullets across sidewalks, not caring whom they hit. If this was happening to white kids, there'd be a revolution. But because it's blacks that are being mowed down, nobody wants to talk about it because it's blacks who are mowing them down. Dozens of blacks are killed every day in homicide. That's more than all white and Hispanic homicide victims combined. Nobody hears about them. Uh, so we're scared about that. And so meanwhile, we're saying, oh, we've got to get rid of our gifted and talented programs. You know, if you have a child who is a absolutely gifted in math and you want to put him in a program that will allow him to maximize his talent and be the greatest mathematician or nuclear physicist he could possibly be, you're going to have very few options now because we're closing down gifted and talented programs because they have, what's the answer? Disparate impact. Any kind of exam that tests academic skills has a disparate impact on blacks. So we've decided we're just going to get rid of the program. We're going to get rid of the standard. We blame the standards. We don't blame the skills gaps. Meanwhile, China is taking its most mathematically competent talent and throwing everything it's got at them. It's, 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 it's accelerating them. It's giving them intense mathematics education because it knows that this is war. They are in a technological war with the U.S., and they are already beating us in many nanotechnologies as we're sitting there dithering about whether mathematics is white supremacist, ableist, you know, misogynist. The Chinese are just saying, give it to me, you know, let me master this. And, and we're saying mastery is itself a form of white supremacy. Well, I almost wonder, you know, if some of this is being driven by China when you look at things like TikTok and the fact that, you know, it is a, a Chinese company, uh, which I, you know, I think TikTok's done an incredible amount of damage to young people and, and sort of a, a brainwashing effect. You know, did, did anything surprise you? Obviously, you do a, a ton of research and writing these books. A New York Times bestselling author, in writing this and in doing research, is there anything that surprised you in the process? What surprised me was the willingness of the leaders of great traditions to completely cancel their own traditions. I would have thought that somebody that runs a classical music organization, an orchestra, or an opera company, or, or a great art museum like the Metropolitan Museum of Art or the Art Institute of Chicago would feel so privileged to be in the position to curate this legacy, this civilizational legacy, and would say to 
young people, come and listen to my art, see my art. This is a form of sublimity. It will take you out of your narrow, petty self. And instead, what I have seen, especially post-George Floyd, is leaders of arts organizations, of, of medical schools, of physics, of art museums, they are all turning on their own tradition and, and blaming it for phantom racism. I cannot begin to understand that. These are people who in many cases have given their lives to mastering a tradition, whether it's in physics or music, and they would rather throw completely fictional, lying accusations of racism at their own tradition than stand up and defend it. Before we go, what do you hope people take away from this book when race trumps merit? The courage not to apologize, the courage not to back down, the courage to have our alternative explanations for lack of racial proportionality, the understanding that Western civilization has nothing to apologize for. There is no civilization that was less uh, equal than ours, or, or more, excuse me, more equal than ours, that cared more about equal rights than ours. The concepts that the left uses against the West are Western concepts. Colonialism, slavery, predation, marginalization of the other, every other civilization has done those things that the, left, the West blames itself for in much greater degree. Yes, we did engage in slavery when the rest of the world was engaging in slavery, when Africa was engaging in slavery of its own peoples. We have, we have, we have hurt people. We have exterminated people. Yes, we have. So has everybody else. But we have also given the world science, medicine, prosperity, freedom from hunger, Equality, representative government, these are all Western concepts. We have to stop apologizing. Heather, I always learn so much from you. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Everybody go check out When Race Trumps Merit, an important conversation to have. Thank you for bringing this conversation to the forefront, and thank you for being so fearless in what you do. Well, thank you for giving me a voice with yours, Lisa. I greatly appreciate it. That was Heather McDonald. I appreciate her joining the show. She's so smart. She does so much research. I always learn so much from her when I have her on the show. So I appreciate her time. I want to thank you guys at home for listening to the show every Monday and Thursday. But of course, you can listen to it whenever you want. Please leave us a review. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Until next time. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, this new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.